Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. We are in the first weekend of school holidays over the next couple of weeks. Uh, We have some different people unpacking different passages of Scripture. We're not uh, in a series, but this morning we're gonna unpack a parable together. And my hope is is that as we do that, there is uh, something in it for every single one of us that will challenge our hearts and spur us into action. And as we look at this passage today, I wanna ask you the question, what is the best gift you have ever received? Just think about it for a moment. What's the best gift you've ever received? Was it a a birthday present uh, that you were given? Was it a a gift that was sitting under the Christmas tree? Maybe it was something that uh, your kid picked from the Mother's Day or Father's Day stalls, although I'm not sure whether those things do sit in uh, the category of best present ever received, but mugs and uh, oven mitts are awesome. Uh, Was it... You know, a just because gift. Was it an unexpected surprise? Now, I am someone who loves giving gifts. I absolutely love it. I don't care too much for the gifts that I receive, but I love giving gifts. In fact, uh, this has been something that I've loved from a young age. And uh, when I was a teenager, my mum used to drop me off at Garden City Shopping Centre in December with a, a wad of cash and a list of people that she needed to buy Christmas gifts for. And I got to go around the shopping centre for hours, shopping for every single person on the list, mostly my cousins, my siblings. And uh, it was a win-win situation. I got to uh, think about the perfect gift for every person and spend someone else's money on it. And uh, it was a win for my mum because the idea of being at a shopping centre right before Christmas was a horrible thought for her. And that kind of gift, the love of gift giving has continued through the years. In fact, in lots of um, family circles and uh, friendship groups, I'm often the one that is uh, the gift giver. Maybe in your friendship groups, it's the same. There's often one person that uh, rallies the troops together. And especially for milestone events, like special birthdays and weddings and uh, baby showers, I love uh, thinking of the perfect gift for a person. I love spending time uh, looking online, walking through the shops, trying to figure out what gift is going to be best for that individual. And my hope is, when I give someone a gift, my hope is that it'll get used, that it'll be loved, that that smile that's on their face as they unwrap it is not one of, oh, wow, cool. You know, that kind of fake uh, smile impression, but it's actually one of excitement that the gift that they are receiving is something that they're gonna love and put to use. But the truth is I have missed the mark a number of times. And I know that's true because I live with my husband and there's gifts that I've given him that I know have not been used. In, uh, In fact, when we first got together, I uh, remember our first Christmas being really unsure what to buy him. Uh, Most of the time I would buy for my sisters or my friends or my cousins who are mostly girls. And so I really had no idea what to buy a 22-year-old guy. And so I I decided to go with the uh, the idea of uh, many little things 
in the hopes that at least one of those uh, things would be appreciated. But there was one part of that present that I bought that I thought was super cool. I was like, this is going to be so well used. He's going to love this. And uh, it was a travel scratch map. I think we've got a photo of uh, what they look like. It's like a map that you hang on your wall and you scratch off all the countries that you go to. And uh, I had high hopes early on in our relationship. And so I was thinking maybe one day this will go on the wall of our house when we're married and uh, we'll just get to scratch off all of the, you know, the countries that we travel to together on all of these luxurious holidays. And uh, the truth is that when I gave him that gift, he was like, oh, wow, thanks. That's really nice. Uh, And it stayed in its canister because at the time he was living uh, in a rental and he couldn't put anything on the wall and uh, we didn't have any holidays planned. And uh, when we got married, we went from rental property to rental property. And again, we couldn't put things on the wall. And the truth is we didn't get in much overseas travel. And uh, when we moved into our own home a couple of years ago, that uh, travel map ended up making it into the donate pile. It never got used. He took it out of the canister once when he looked at it the first time and then rolled it back up. And I remember uh, deciding that it was just time to donate it because we've moved like five times. And by the time uh, you have done that many house moves, you need to get rid of as much as possible because you are sick of all the stuff that you have. But I remember looking at it and going, that never got used. You know, I'm sure that there are other gifts that I have given people over the years that have never been used. But when we give a gift, it is our intention that it is gonna be loved and valued and used. We don't give it with the expectation that it'll be something that gathers dust or sits in a cupboard. And just like the present gifts that we give, there are other gifts that we have been given with the intention for use. See, God has created us all uniquely and He has given us different gifts, skills, talents, and abilities. And just as we give gifts with the intention for them to be loved, used, and valued, God has given us gifts that He intends to be used and valued for His purposes. God doesn't want us to squander or waste what we have been given due to fear or complacency, a lack of faith or an unwillingness to take risks or try new things. And today we're gonna have a look at a parable and read a passage of Scripture together that addresses exactly this. It's a parable where the master had the exact same expectation on his servants. And as we read it, we can see God's heart for the gifts that He has given every single one of us, every single person in this room. Now, parables are stories that Jesus told of everyday people and places that point to an unseen spiritual reality. They make one simple point and they provide a significant challenge for our everyday lives. You know, Jesus used parables to challenge our greed, our pride, our laziness and unfaithfulness and call us to live lives of generosity, humility, faithfulness and mercy. We're gonna have a look at our parable today, which is in Matthew 25. So if you've got your Bibles with you, I encourage you to grab them out. Otherwise, the passage of Scripture is gonna be on the screen behind me. It's Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. 
To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags of gold, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Now, our scholars say that one bag of gold or one talent, as it's often referred to, was around 6,000 denarii, which was around the same as uh, one year of a laborer's wage. It was just what one bag of gold was worth. So these gifts that these people had been entrusted with uh, were large gifts. It then says, The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the the ground. See here, is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So take, so take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now parables make one simple point, as I said. And I believe that in this parable, Jesus is wanting to remind us that we need to be faithful with what we have been given. You need to be faithful with what you have been given. This is exactly what servants one and two did in the parable. They were faithful with what they had been entrusted and the master commanded, commended them on it. And he said, well done, good and faithful servant. And it was servant three who wasn't faithful and was admonished for it. So if the point of this parable is to challenge us to be faithful with what we have been given, then how do we do that? What equates faithfulness with what we have and how do we practically outwork it? I'm hoping that this morning we can unpack that together. See, to be faithful with what we have been given, we need to embrace our gifts. We can see in verse 15 that the master was able to identify what to trust to each of the servants according to their ability. But each servant also needed to identify and see the value of what they had been given. You know, in this case, it meant counting some bags of gold. 
but each servant knew and understood the value of what had been entrusted to them. You know, when the master returned, the faithful servants identified what they had. Servant one said, Master, you entrusted me with five bags. Here are five more. What gifts, talents, and abilities has God given you? What bags of gold sit within you? Are you able to identify them? Now, I wanna encourage us this morning to spend some time reflecting and doing a bit of a gift inventory actually thinking about the gifts that God has given us because I reckon in our day-to-day lives, we can get so busy that we forget to actually be intentional with what we have been given. So to do some inventory this morning, I wanna give us three areas that I believe we can use to categorise the gifts that we have and it might help you as you reflect and take a gift inventory. The first category I think God has given us gifts within is those within our head. Now, uh, these are experiences that we have, maybe wisdom uh, that we have that can be used uh, to serve God and to serve others. It might be the knowledge that we have. Maybe you are someone who is incredibly intellectual, super intelligent. Maybe there has been study that you have done that has given you knowledge that can be used to serve God and serve others. These are gifts that are in our head. You know, maybe it's the way you problem solve, the way you think about others and care for them. I also think that there are challenging seasons in life that we have walked through that can be used as gifts to serve God and serve others. You know, maybe it's a challenging season of loss or infertility, a health journey, a family uh, relationship breakdown. These are challenging seasons that maybe you have walked through and they probably haven't felt like a gift at the time, but God works all things together for His good. And I believe that these are things that God can use to uh, allow us to share, to help others on their journey. What gifts has God put in your head? Second category, what gifts has God put in your hands? What ability do you have uh, in the things that you can do? Maybe you have musical ability, sporting ability. Maybe you're great at creating beautiful things. Maybe you're really good at cooking or sewing or building or fixing. What has God put in your hands? What abilities has He given you that you can use to serve Him and to serve others? You know, maybe there's resources that you have in your hand whether it be financial, whether it be physical, that you can use to serve others. What's God put in your head? What's God put in your hands? And third category, what has God put in your heart? You know, I believe that there are dreams and passions and visions that God puts in our heart that are gifts that He wants to use and He has put and deposited there for a reason so that we can share His love with others, so that we can uh, serve Him and serve others. What does God put in your head? What does God put in your hands? And what does God put in your heart? What talents, skills, abilities do you have that sit in each of those areas? And what spiritual gifts do you have that maybe fit into one of those three spaces? You know, identifying what God has put in our head, our hands and our heart 
And knowing the value of those things in His kingdom is one really important part of faithfulness and embracing our gifts. We can't underestimate the value of what God has put within us. It isn't by accident, but He wants to use our gifts for His purposes. You know, when we look at the uh, parable of the, of the talent, servants one and two were not working for their own personal interests, but for their master. There was no competition in who had what. Servant two didn't come and say, hey, but that guy got five and I only got two. They just put to work what they had. They didn't do it for themselves, but they did it to serve their master and his kingdom. We've been instructed to do the same. We need to identify the gifts that we have and understand the value of what we have received. Not stand there and compare it to those around us, but know that there is value in what God has given each one of us. We need to be faithful stewards with those things. I wanna encourage you this morning as you're thinking and maybe taking your gift inventory, if you're sitting there and you have, and you have no idea what to list within those three categories. Sometimes it can be really hard for us to identify those things in ourselves. I wanna encourage you to ask those close to you what your gifts might be. If you are struggling to think of them for yourselves, after this, ask your family, ask someone in your life group because sometimes it takes others calling out the things within us that maybe we don't even recognise are gifts that are helping others. Uh, and so we need others to help us do that. So the first thing that all of the servants did was identify what they had been given. But the thing that separated servants one and two from servants three was how they put what they had been given to use. See, one of the thing, key things we can take away from this parable is that the servants weren't judged on what they had. They were judged on what they did with it. Servants one and two fully embraced what had been entrusted to them. They invested it, they put it to use. It was servant three that dug a hole in the ground and hid his talent in there. It was servant three that was called lazy and wicked. So what does it look like for us to use the gifts that God has given us? It means putting our gifts to work. It means investing them. It means using the knowledge and the experience that we have to help others. It means using the skills and the things that are in our hands and our resources to be a blessing to those that we live, work and laugh with. And it means putting into motion the dreams and the passions that are in our hearts. To be faithful with your gifts, you first need to identify what they are and then put them to use. So once we identify what God has put in our head, our hands and our heart, it is up to us to put those things to work, not only here in the local church, but in our homes and our works, workplaces and all of the spheres of life God has put us in. We shouldn't get complacent with these things, but we should grow these gifts and put them to work. One of uh, my really good friends has the incredible gift of hospitality. She uh, is an excellent cook. She loves uh, trying new recipes and she's really gifted at connecting people. And one of the ways that she puts her gift to use is uh, hosting people regularly around her dinner table. She not only gets to cook a delicious meal, but she helps connect people. She checks in on how they're doing. She sometimes brings different groups of people together to network with them. 
She uses that gift of hospitality within her uh, gateway campus. She's in part of our, our city campus, but she also uses that gift within her family and within her friendship groups and even within the unit block in which she lives, gathering people around the table, using her gift of hospitality to serve God and to serve others. Now that gift and using it comes at a cost. You know, she has to pay for the food that she puts around the table. There's the cost of dishes and having to, you know, the time associated with doing those at the end of an event. But I know that her heart is to use those gifts to be a blessing, that even though there is a cost involved, it brings her so much joy to use the gifts that God has given her to serve Him and to serve others. And we are to use the gifts that God has given us, not dishonour them and not waste them. These are not things that are for our own personal gain, but for the advancement of the kingdom. When we put our gifts to use, there is work involved. We have to develop and grow our gifts. I'm sure if you are someone who has the gift of music, they don't just you know, use that as a once-off thing. It's something that they have to grow and develop. It's the same for all of the gifts that we have. We have to develop and grow them. What does that look like for you? What does it look like to put those things that are in your head, your hands and your heart to work? And is that something that you've been intentional about doing recently? As I said, parables uh, were shared by Jesus to challenge our everyday lives. It wasn't just to remind us of something as a one-off thing, but there are gifts that God has given us that He is wanting us to use daily. And we've got gifts in our head, our heart and our hands. We need to identify what they are. We need to put them to work. But what can we learn in this parable from the third servant? In verse 24, it said, Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. So I was afraid. It was fear that stopped servant three from being faithful with what he had been given. Fear stopped him from doing anything. He literally dug a hole in the ground and buried his talents in it. For servant three, his fearfulness was greater than his faithfulness. What is fear stopping you from doing? What knowledge, experience, skills, abilities, talents and passions lay dormant within your head, your hands and your heart because of fear? Now, uh, fear has stopped me from doing a lot of things. In fact, I have like quite a long list of uh, funny fears and Rachel and I often reflect on my fears and I said, you know, oh, which ones should I bring up today? And I had the list there and he said, if you go through all of them, you'll preach longer than Sam. So I just wanna tell you about a few. I have a really embarrassing fear, and you may have heard me share this before, but I have the, a fear of dogs, uh, literally. It's called uh, cynophobia. It's really embarrassing, and it means that if I'm at someone's house with a dog, I often have to like call in advance and check, you know, are you able to put the dog out the back, or um, can you lock it in the laundry? It makes walking around the neighbourhood really hard, and it makes, you know, walking uh, on the beach in those free kind of dogs can run anywhere areas really difficult. The fear of dogs is, uh, is something that my friends uh, often joke about. And it's funny, but it stopped me from doing things. I don't love walking around the neighbourhood. I don't love going for a walk on my own at the beach. I literally freeze and I feel like I'm going to get attacked. 
But the truth is that there are other fears within me that have stopped me from doing things, that have stopped me from using the gifts that God has given me for His purposes. You know, the biggest one for me is the fear of not being good enough. It's the fear of not measuring up, of letting people down, of not being enough that has stopped me from using what God has given me for His purposes. It's seen me belittle and doubt the gifts that God has put within me and underestimate their value and ultimately underestimate His power. You know, fear might be something that you too can recognise has stopped you from using those things that are in your head, your hands and your heart. You know, maybe for some it's the fear of failure. For others it could be the fear of imperfection and doing things wrong. It might be the fear of not being accepted by others. For maybe the choices that you make or the gifts that you want to use. You know, maybe it's the fear of being inadequate. You know, for some, I believe it could be the fear of feeling like you're too young and not ready. For others, it could be the fear of feeling like you're too old and the opportunity has passed you by. It was fear that got in the way of servant three's faithfulness. Fear meant that he hid his bag of gold in the ground rather than put it to use. You know, we need to overcome fear with courage. We need to trust in the provision of what God has given us and seize the opportunity to put our gifts to work. As followers of Jesus, our faithfulness needs to be greater than our fearfulness. Can you recognise the thoughts, the fears, the doubts that have gotten in the way of you using your gifts? Don't let fear get in the way of your faithfulness. Now we see these truths in the parable of the talents, but we also see them embodied in Jesus. Jesus did not let fear get in the way of his faithfulness. When we look at the very next chapter in Matthew, Matthew 26, we see Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. He was asking God to take this cup from him. He was pleading if there was any other way. You know, I imagine in that moment, Jesus was feeling fear. There was doubt and uncertainty. Yet Jesus' faithfulness was greater than his fearfulness. Jesus was coming to give his life as the gift. His entire life was the gift for us. But I reckon physically in that moment, there would have been fear that he was facing, yet Jesus didn't let fear stop him. Jesus used the gifts that he had been given to be a blessing to others. He healed the sick. He helped the broken. He gave sight to the blind. He shared meals with the outcast. He loved the sinners. Jesus is the ultimate example of using what is in our head, our hands and our heart for kingdom purposes. And he also made the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus gave his life for you and for me. He took our sin and shame to the cross. He died so that we could have the opportunity to have eternal life with God in heaven. Talk about a kingdom investment. The exciting thing about the gospel story is that three days later, he rose again. He walked with his disciples and before he ascended into heaven, he left us with some instructions. We can read about all of that in Matthew 26 and Matthew 27, but then we get to Matthew 28 and we can read the Great Commission. These were instructions that Jesus had left the disciples with 
and they are as relevant to us today as they were to those guys back then. Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20 says, Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus did not commission us to go and hide what we have, to go and sit and not do anything. He didn't commission us to dig our gifts and bury them in the ground. He commissioned us to go and make disciples. He has put us to work. We have an important task on our hand and it is going to take every single one of us using the gifts that we have been given to make it happen. You know, there is so much potential in this room right now. It's such a varied mix of gifts that we have been given. God has created us all uniquely, no two of us the same. There's such a different a lot of life experiences, of skills, of talents, of abilities, of dreams, of passions. Let's be a church full of people that put these things to work. Let's be faithful with what we have been given. Let's work to identify the gifts in ourselves and to call them out in others. Let's be known for the way that we use what God has given us for His purposes. Let's not let fear get in the way of all that God has for us. Imagine our workplaces, our schools, our universities, our homes, our communities, if every single one of us took responsibility for what God has put in our head, our hands and our heart, we put these things to use. We didn't let fear get in the way, but we intentionally grew the gifts that we had to serve God and to serve others, to make a difference, not for ourselves, but for His kingdom, to use our gifts to live out the Great Commission. We have all been given gifts. Just like that scratch map that I had bought Richo all those years ago. We haven't been given gifts with the intention that they're gonna sit there and not be used. We haven't been given gifts with the intention that they're just gonna lay dormant, gather dust, or even be hidden in the ground. We have been given gifts to be used so that we can further God's kingdom. To be faithful with what you have, you need to identify your gifts and then put them to use. So today, what do you have? What's in your head? What's in your hands? What's in your heart? Are you using those things? Are you actively and intentionally growing them? Maybe it's time to reflect on the fears that might have stopped you from using those things to further God's kingdom. I'm gonna sing a song in just a minute and I would love for us to spend some time reflecting. There's two things I want us to reflect on today. First one is I'd love us to take inventory. 
love you to think about the gifts that you have. Maybe it is that you need to, to chat to someone afterwards later on today and have someone help call out those gifts within you. Or maybe you know what they are. Maybe you can think through those three categories, head, hands and heart. You can come up with the different ways that God has gifted you in each of those areas. Love us to take inventory. I also wanna encourage you to take action. As you think about those things, how are you putting them to use? You know, are you currently only using them for your own gain or is there some way that you can use those gifts to serve God and serve others? How can we be creative with that? And I'm not just talking about using those gifts here to serve uh, the people within our Sunday services or our midweek ministries. That's a great thing to do and I encourage you in that. But how can you use those gifts to serve those in your workplace, to serve your neighbours next door, to serve your family, to serve your friends, to serve those that you haven't even come across yet, but you might in the coming week? Want us to take inventory and take action. What does that look like for you? Love if you can stand where you all are. We're gonna sing a song that is just a, a declaration of asking God to just burn within us this flame of doing things for, for His kingdom and for His glory. And I'd love to pray for us as we do take inventory and take action. So would you close your eyes where you are? God, I thank You that You have gifted every single one of us. God, there is not one person in this room that you haven't put a unique set of gifts and abilities and passions within. God, there's no age limit on these things. There isn't a time where we're too young to have received from you and there's not a time where we've uh, met our expiry date. And so God, I pray that this morning, as we stand here, as we cry out to you, I pray that in our hearts, we would take inventory of the gifts that we have. You know, maybe we have been sitting in church for a long time and we've heard many uh, sermons preached on the gifts that we have. God, I pray that there would be something that falls afresh on us today, that You would be revealing within us gifts that maybe we uh, just haven't seen as gifts yet, that are just things that we do because they're things that we are able to do. I just pray that You would be putting a light on those things within our hearts this morning. Help us take inventory of the gifts that we have. Help us to identify those things because God, it is our heart as Your people to use those things to serve You and to serve others. It is our heart that those things won't lay dormant. And God, I pray this morning as well that You would just uh, be pointing out the fears that may be within us, fears that the enemy has put in the way of us using those gifts God, I pray for, for some of us this morning that You would be filling us with faithfulness. God, that our faithfulness would be greater than our fearfulness. Would You be encouraging our hearts? Would You be filling us with courage and filling us with peace today? And God, I pray that You just give us clarity and insight of how we can put those things into action. Maybe in ways that we never have before. How can we do that in all the spheres of life that You are calling us to? God, I pray that You would just be filling hearts this morning with ideas, that there would just be ideas bubbling away of how we can use the gifts that You have given us to serve You and to serve others. God, we thank You for the gifts that You've given us. This morning, God, we pray that we would use those things for Your glory.
In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.